Welcome in, everybody, back into the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Tuesday. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. It's good to hear that fight song once again. Noah, here we are. We're glad to be coming off another victory, although we are 0-7 against the top five and 5-0 and against who's behind us. What's going on? Yeah, it's uh, good to get back in the win column, especially uh, always good to get a road win in the Valley. Those are always tough to get and especially in uh, Red Turd Arena. Yeah, it's always a tough place to play. We've known that, and uh, we know they didn't have a side Chapman, which I'm sure makes a big difference. We'll talk about this game and some shocking stuff or even some takeaways from this. And a nice game led by Lance Jones. We'll start off with that, but no, we have some other things to talk about as well throughout this. One that we think will last. Uh, we got some around the valley stuff. Uh, one of our coaching staff was in attendance the other night at the John A game. Um, we'll touch on USI going to Division One level. Might even have a couple of our picks. It's it's tough to make midseason picks at this point. We were deciding to do a whole thing about it, but it is too tough. We'll we'll just get the main ones of who we think, and then we'll cover yes the Panthers at the very end. Um, so yeah, no, we won this game by six. It kind of uh, could have gotten a lot. Uh, bigger margin at the end of the game, but it came down to us missing a couple free throws. I would say uncharacteristically, maybe by some, by a couple players, but overall, I guess that's not too uncharacteristic for us so far this year, Noah. So Lance Jones had 31, but let's dive into how this game kicked off and what happened. Yeah, it uh, started off, they won the tip. Um, Liam McChesney, who's stepping in for Cy Chapman, uh, missed a three, then we got the rebound. Started out with a Cash Coupette, three-pointer, and a good start uh, for Cash. Good to see him get back going. Uh, um, somebody else besides J.D. to really get us going from the start. Um, then Antonio Reeves matched one of his few baskets of the game, it feels like. Uh, matched uh, Cash's three with a two. Then we came back down. Lance Jones um, should start out and say um, Dalton Banks gets the, gets the start over Stephen Burplankton, so that moves Lance Jones off the ball. And frees him up a little more freely. Uh, Lance Jones uh, um, starts his big night with a, a three. Um, he he start he's starting to heat up from three point lane, and he hits another three to get us going. That's a six to two lead um, from the get go. Yeah, we'll touch on that. What he's been doing from three, and we recall Brian Mullen saying about a month ago that he would uh, turn around his three point shooting. Uh, yeah, we'll touch on all that. You're right. He got going. It was great to see Cash kick us off. You're right. JD has kicked us off lately. Uh, but we'll get to Illinois State's big uh, big man play. They actually came to play. It was actually tough at times. Yeah, Cash getting on the board was good. He had a nice bounce back game. Uh, but yeah, we started at an 8-2 run. Marcus had one of his dunks, a good dunk, made it 8-2. Kendall Lewis, we know him. Uh, good defender overall player. We do recall, yeah, back in the day, did recruit him. Uh, he scored, and then Josiah Strong, we know he's a great shooter, cut it to one, so it was close. Lance made another three. A couple of these were contested, wouldn't you say? Even some, I guess he got his own separation. Uh, but then uh, Howard Fleming came in, made a couple free throws. Next thing you know, we're up 13-9 thanks to Kyler Layup. Noah, Kyler feasted at times in this game, took advantage of his strength against uh, Liam McChesney. Yeah, he, he started off a little slow, had a couple turnovers, but uh, really – um, they go, really got him going, and uh, he decided he, he instead of um, looking to make a play for somebody else, he really just got the ball and he went to score and uh, just overpowered whoever was guarding him. 
Um, most of the time it was McChesney, and uh, um, he's a little too fragile for a guy like Kyler. And, and you said that Kyler had a couple of turnovers to start. You're right. Brian said he took him out to start. Then he worked his way back in at some point. Yeah, that was off an offensive rebound. He kicked it back out, and then Dalton found him for another layup for that layup. Uh, Noah, Mark Freeman came in the game, and he's every bit of a shooter. I, I forgot. I'm surprised how actual short he was. I don't think I looked at his size before that. He's really short out there, but he, he can stroke it, that's for sure. From three, and he did there. No Antonio Reeves will touch on this. One of the biggest parts of this game was containing Antonio Reeves. That was the goal, and that's what we did. But he, he had a decent start to the game. And we had a couple of different guys guarding him all night. You could say Stephen Cash, Lance, definitely. Lance has took the role, finally, that Noah, that we've said that maybe even Cash uh, or uh, Stephen could be, or Trent, to be our lockdown defenders. But it seems like Lance has took that. We know he guarded Isaiah that one game, and then obviously guarded Antonio here, and he'll do that. He'll even do it tomorrow, I'm sure, against uh, A.J. Green. So uh, he stepped up in that regard, and then he did do his scoring. Yes, he had another layup. We're only up by two. Uh, Howard Fleming, so a lot of their, their guards played really well. It was tied at 18 at this point. Then Noah, here it is, Liam McChesney. We knew he could shoot. He is about a soaking wet 180 pounds, uh, but we know he's a good shot blocker. He did have a couple in this game, and he made – uh, I believe one time he made a corner three, but he was just a, he's a good shooter. Yeah, he's he can uh, at that size, he can stretch the floor a little bit, and uh, he had a couple of nice. Uh, I think he had a, a dunk and a couple of nice finishes around the rim. Um, I texted you during the game. That's probably hopefully as a freshman, that's what kind of player we'll see from Kate Hornecker, um, be able to stretch the floor a little bit, but use his size inside to score over some people. Yeah, you're right. Even we recall seeing Cade recently. He's uh. Looks like he's gained a little bit more weight. I think he would, which hopefully, or luckily, he would weigh a little more than even what McChesney is, but you're right. Shot blocking, ability to stretch the floor 100%. We're thinking that's the kind of player he's going to be because that's kind of the player he is now in high school. Uh, so, yeah, that's exactly what we would want him to be. Uh, Lance made a couple free throws. Cash did as well. Um, Josiah and Lance smashed a couple threes. JD finally got involved with the dunk. Uh, Dalton found him on a nice he, Dalton's pretty good at rolling underneath the basket, whether he knows he can score. He did score at one point on McChesney. He missed a block and got him there. We know Dalton loves finishing around the rim, and he found J.D. for that dunk. Another one, and then time went on. It kept being a, at least a two-point lead. It was a four-point lead after Lance hit a jumper. Uh, he was just – and his mid-range was just unbelievable to watch. It was smooth. It, was, it looked like big play moves. Uh, but uh, after Josiah made – uh, finished an and one or had a free throw. Lance had a jump shot again. Three-point lead. Uh, McChesney tied it at 36 with another three. I'm pretty sure that had to have been the corner three. And then Lance mashed him on the other end, up by three. Mark Freeman had a jumper right around the free throw line. Um, and then we had a timeout, 30-second timeout, came out. Uh, and then, no, we got a good jump shot by Marcus. Uh, was it one of those – or it was just uh, – plays went on as time went on, but Marcus had a nice jumper to give us that three-point lead at half. Yeah, it was a uh, high-scoring affair. We're not used to these kind of games. Um, not a lot of defense involved, uh, even though um, we shut down Antonio Reeves pretty well in the first half. Uh, shot, we shot 53, 54% from the field, 55 from three. We went uh, five of five from the free throw line, had seven turnovers, um, pretty efficient offensive first half uh we'd like to clean we uh, made some adjustments on that defensive end for the second half um but 
It was the Marcus Damask and Lance Jones show. Really, Lance Jones, 20 points, 7 of 9 shooting, 4 of 4 from 3, 2 of 2 from the line. Um, he's getting going, and uh, when Lance Jones gets going, you better watch out. And same way with Marcus. He had 10, 4 of 8 from the field, efficient, 1 of 3 from 3, um, made his only free throw. So uh, um, that's what we need to ask for from our two stars, and we got it. Yes, and we talked about how it's kind of sporadic with both of them showing out at times, whether it ends in a win or a loss. Yeah, they let us in minutes, and yeah, Lance, I mean, when Lance is doing everything we know he can do all the time, but the fact that he's doing it so efficiently, we know he hasn't shot well at times, definitely at the start of the season when he was struggling. But yeah, 7 of 9 and 4 of 4 from 3, perfect from the free throw line, as was the team, as you said. That's, that's all we can ask for, Noah. We know... Like we said at the beginning, Dalton starting took the pressure off Lance so he can score because he really is a main shooting guard. We've known that. We know in high school he handled the ball because he almost had to. He had a couple people with him. Um, but it does take the pressure off Lance because we know he's not going to have – he had a rebound. He had no assists in the first half. That's just what he's going to do, but he's going to score, and that's what we need him to do at this point in the season. Uh, yeah, you're right. Marcus, and we said Kendall Lewis was guarding him. A couple people were guarding him. He was good. Uh, with those 10 points, with four assists. Dalton had those five assists, though, which sticks out for sure in only 12 minutes. Pure definition of a point guard. No, if he can distribute, that's exactly what we need. Yeah, that opens up the whole floor with him uh, using those driving lanes, finding guys, getting those paint touch decisions, um, finding Lance, finding JD if it's a pick and roll. And just, he, he just knows what his role. He sets up the offense, and it's just the easier flow of the game. Um, I was wondering – I. I was wondering myself, um, we see this lineup a lot during the games, and I just wonder if this is the lineup that Brian's wanted for a while now. It's just um, some injuries like Trent not being fully healthy and other guys, um, it's held us back from doing this lineup. And I was just wondering, because um, this is our best lineup at some time, so we see it a lot during the games, but I was wondering um, just other things have stopped us from getting this, getting this lineup from the start. Yeah, we have been saying that for a while, and it did take Steven officially just struggling too much to have him in the starting five. Even though it does weaken your bench, we've talked about that multiple times, and he did come off the bench. He only played eight minutes, didn't do a whole lot. He had a foul and one missed shot and the missed three, so he was a minus two. Didn't do much of anything in those eight minutes. You know, it's different when you need to, we know he's a playmaker, just get someone else involved, kick out, anything. But he's still not doing anything, but, you know, that was the first game coming off the bench, hopefully – over time, we'll see in the second half, but over time, he can do that. If we stick with Dalton, even uh, Ben Jacobson said, and we'll get to what he said about us and some other stuff, he said, you know, Dalton started for us, and he said every, everybody did a good job, and he did, um, starting next to Lance. So we're thinking that if he thinks it's going to happen, maybe um, we're assuming that it's going to happen again. Uh, yeah, Cash helped. He had five points via help from the free throw line, three rebounds. Decent first half for Cash. Him and Marcus had our had our highest positive plus minuses. So overall, it, it was a good half. JD did score and Kyler did score. We mentioned the foul trouble. He got going in the second half. Uh, what sticks out in the uh, team stats? We did have 16 in the paint. I'm not sure what they had as a team. Um, Only two bench points, which uh, we've talked about that with Steven going to the bench. Um, that hurts us because we've had maybe 10 points a half usually in the last couple games from our bench. Um, but uh, we did get to see Anthony Diavonzo back in back in the and back in the game. He played more minutes than Troy in the first half. But uh, good to see him get back. Uh, it's sporadic when you're going to see him, depending on matchups at this point. Um, but yeah, we 
We only had two bench points, but that's okay because our two stars picked picked up from that. Um, we had 12, 12 points off turnovers. That's pretty good. I don't exactly remember how many turnovers they had. Um, but it was overall a really efficient first half. Um, just needed to make some minor adjustments on that defensive end. Yeah, exactly. And even Illinois State, they're not a great defensive team one bit. And, uh, you know, we can, and you said, you know, getting our stars, getting 30 of our 41 helps and two and only two bench points. It won't be like that successfully against other teams because who knows Lance and Marcus could do that. So you'd have to have other people fill in. We've talked about our bench has definitely been good for, for a stretch here, and it wasn't here in the first half. So we're hoping that, you know, that guy that would get kicked back in the gear only with a three-point lead. So how the second half start? Yeah, it's uh, started out with a Marcus DeMass layup, got us going to extend that lead to five. Um, after that, Lance missed two free throws. After a turnover by McChesney, uh, Lance got fouled, missed two free throws. They come back down, lay up by McChesney, cuts it back to three. Dalton hits a jumper to make it back to five. And from then on there, a little back and forth. But uh, Reeves went one one of two from the line to make it four. Uh, Cash gets a layup um, and a fast break to make it back up to six. Uh, Schmidt, Ryan Schmidt, uh, their backup big man, uh, played really good for them in this game. Um, they found them op- wide open in the hoop way t- a couple many too many times in this game. Um, it was 47-43 after that bucket with the under 16 uh, coming up shortly. Then um, at the 14-10 mark, um, Isaiah or Josiah Strong hit a jumper to cut it to a two-point game, and that's the closest they got. Yeah, I wouldn't say we were sweating at this point. We knew there was a lot of time left, but we weren't stopping them on defense. I think that's when. And you're right, whenever we lost Schmidt underneath the basket for an easy layup, I think that's when we said, okay, it could fall apart here. And luckily it didn't because we did have uh, Lance. You said he missed a couple free throws, but he bounced back and made his next two. So, of course, that's the if we're going to have the inconsistencies from the free throw line, at least we're not having it from uh, from him shooting the ball um, in certain games. But, yeah, he did that. Kyler had a jumper here, Noah, and – uh, he did it on one end. I'm pretty sure it was on whoever they started Schmidt, or they had Schmidt and McChesney at the, on the floor at the same time, which we thought would give us fits, but I don't, I don't believe it did in, in terms of like rebounding and stuff. But I think this play right here is when Kyler had a jumper, cut it to six, and then I think he had a block on the other end and got a rebound. Um, when Lance went down, missed a shot, but then he comes back and makes an eight-point game, and then Schmidt, of course, we were thinking of you know uh, whoever fouled him. Uh, we were hoping that he, you know, isn't a very good free throw shooter because we only saw McChesney stretch the floor. We're not sure if Schmidt can. So we're thinking, okay, well, that's a good foul. Send him to the free throw line. He made a couple. Uh, and then Cash had a three. This was at the end of the shot clock. He rimmed it in, hit the back of the rim at the top of the key, I believe, from Kyler. Uh, and then Schmidt here did hit a jumper. Not sure how far out it was. So that was a seven-point lead. Another layup from Kyler. He was efficient. Then he had another layup, had made it an 11-point game. McChesney made uh, – both free throws. Marcus had a jumper. No, we were we were glad because at times when Marcus would get, we know he doesn't really like to shoot a three unless it's wide open. Because we've talked about his release point isn't really where it needs to be, just in terms of like you know getting it you know uncontested so no one can get a hand up on it. But it gets blocked sometimes. And no, if he takes one step, maybe goes off the other side of a screen and he can hit an easy jump shot. We, that was great. that was good to see. Yeah, he he really went back. We talked about it. Um, on the previous spot that he went, he's went away from that mid range and he just wants to post guys up. But a lot of this game, he went back to that mid range. It's like the, it's like some of the things they're listening to us when we talk about it. 
and uh, he went back to that mid-range and it really helped him because uh, you talk about that that release point on that three he most of the time he has the he has an athletic lengthy guy on top of him and they can block his shot with ease you see that a lot but uh yeah Great screens by JD and Kyler gets him open with that mid-range anytime he wants it. We hope he keeps shooting that. We hope he shoots more. He finds the separation. He comes off a screen better, you know, gets a better screen set on him because we know how good of a shooter he is. If he can add that in with his ability to be in the paint, he'd be unstoppable. We always talk about the what-ifs these guys would do to make them even better players that they would take more advantage of stuff. Uh, So, yeah, we're hoping Marcus can get more shots off throughout the rest of the season. No, there was a point in this game we were up by nine, and they went on a big run to cut it to to cut it to two off of, after Josiah Strong made a couple free throws, sixty-two to sixty at the six and a half. This is when we were kind of sweating as well. The Marcus got fouled. There was one point, or no, at the start of this game, we remember also Marcus penetrating and drawing a nice foul, finishing an and one, uh, but he had a couple free throws here. No, this is when uh, Lance got one of his. Again, he's he's putting up a case himself for defensive player of the year just in general. He's, he's just a steals machine. Uh, Marcus had one, but he turned it over. Then Lance stole it from Reeves and kicked it up to Cash for a nice dunk in transition. Though, if we can get steals like that from Lance and we have a you know a, a, a kick out, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, off a rebound, you kick it up to somebody. Fast break. Fast break, uh, whatever the word is. But you kick it up to somebody and like Cash, who uses his athleticism. There was a defender coming on him, but he just hop-stepped and had a nice dunk. That's what, you know, if we can be a good uh, transition team like that, that's also a part of the game that would be tough to stop against us. Yeah, we've mentioned uh, when we play with a little bit more um, up-tempo a little bit sometimes, not too not too fast like some of these teams in the Valley, like Illinois State or Indiana State, want to play at a little higher tempo. But um, if we can get out, of trans- out on transition, uh, we're a pretty good ball team, especially guys with – Cash and Lance that can get downhill and uh, finish at the rim and uh, yeah that's when that's when Cash is at his best if he can get out and run um, he can finish at the rim with ease yeah and we're we're wishing yeah he would do it a lot more often because he's arguably the most truthfully he's honestly the most athletic player in the comp like from what we've seen just in terms of what he's what the gifts that he has and we remember seeing him before we got here just thinking of highlight tapes or what we have seen at times just jumps out of the gym we do wish he would do it more again that's one of those we wish the what-ifs for some of these guys. But he did that, Noah. Then Lance had another finesse jump shot that was pretty, you know, it's hard to stop. It's really smooth, like you said. I mean, it's just when he's going, everything's working for him. Marcus, a couple free throws. We're up by 10 at the four-minute mark. Kendall Lewis makes a couple free throws, cut it to eight. McChesney made a couple free throws. They were a good free throw shooting team at times. Uh, Then Lance had a three here, Noah. The minute 20, I remember Mike saying it could have been the dagger, and I almost felt like he said that too soon. Hit a huge three after that, uh, but we we took a timeout after that. Um, and then uh, Kendall Lewis had an easy layup, or finished an and one. And uh, after that, Lance made one free throw right, and then it was a seven-point game at 50 seconds left, and everything else happened. Uh, Dalton missed a couple free throws. We, we've said that we think, obviously, at times it can fluctuate. He's maybe the best free throw shooter on the team. He missed a couple. That's when it was kind of like, okay, let's finish this game right. But it didn't matter. Lance made a free throw at the end of the game. Josiah Strong made a jumper, and we won by six. Um, we like to finish the game better, like I said, no, but overall quality game led by Lance Jones is 31 points. Yeah, uh, career high for Lance. Uh, we know he had 30 last year at Loyola. Um, so a big-time game for him, very efficient game from him. 10 of 14 from the field, 5 of 6 from three. 
Um, six of ten from the line, we'd like to see improvement there. Um, but three rebounds go along with uh, one assist and five steals. I mean, we we talk about this kid has a chance at defensive player of the year, especially all defensive team. Um, we've been talking about that recently. Um, we couldn't ask he was he when he gets going like this. I'm telling you, there's not a lot of not a lot of anybody can do about it because uh, um, when he's hitting, he's hitting and he's playing with confidence. And uh, that's what he talked about in the postgame show. He just played with confidence, and once he seen a couple go in, you know, every time he shot it, looked he felt like it was every shot was going. One hundred percent, and seems like he shot one hundred percent at times. Yeah, ten of fourteen is incredible. I mean, you're right. Missing four free throws, but that's what he's done this year. He still shot six of ten. Uh, you know, obviously, yeah, throughout the game, maybe it would have helped us in certain spurts. But five steals is a lot for one person. You know, some teams don't even really get that throughout games. Marcus had three behind him. But, no, I mean, he led us in plus minus. Lance did at ten. Uh, just thinking about it, it seems like every year he, he becomes better at something else. Like, we know as a freshman he was quality – just the big play that sticks out from the freshman year is that spin move off Daryl Brown at home. Uh, but, no, I, last year he was a great three-point shooter, and he's getting better as this season goes on. But this year he's just become even more of a defensive player. It's like he's becoming better at different things each year. So it makes us think if he uses – obviously he's got one more official year, but the extra year of eligibility, I mean, he'll go down in the record books for a lot of stuff. But imagine if he gets better at defense now – with his shooting that hopefully these next two years that he can become a full on player, potentially win the Larry Bird award. Obviously this, it just matters with consistency with him. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. He's you're, we're watching this kid um, by COVID years. He's only still only a sophomore, but he's junior in the SIU book um, grow in front of all of us and watching these, watching a lot of these kids grow in this league. Um, it's just amazing year in year out, but Lance Jones, uh, Special talent. Uh, I still remember going to watch him play um, in his uh, at the title game as a senior versus uh, versus EJ Liddell, and just watching him carry um, the load on his back in that team, and watching him carry it sometimes the load on his back with this team, and watching him grow. Um, he's a special talent. Then uh, you get you get a player next to him like a Marcus Damas who scores 18, six of 13 from the from the field, one of three from three. He had all his free throws finally in the game, five of five, six rebounds, five assists, and he had three steals. I mean, when you can get two, two, your two stars playing like that, um, there's not a lot of teams in this league that can beat us. No, exactly. We definitely have one of the best duos in the in the conference. And, yeah, I mean, it just depends on if, if they both do it. They know they both can. And Lance knows he can score 30 when he wants. You know, we talked about Illinois State didn't have the best defense, so we exposed a lot of that. But some of the threes he was hitting, you know, it's kind of like those shots that we at some points wishes he wouldn't shoot. But then if once they go in, you're still saying that's a bad shot, but it goes in because that's just Lance Jones. That's the kind of stuff that he can pull off. It's just that's a heck of a DraftKings game outside of maybe what you deem rebounds and assists. Just overall quality, quality game from Lance and Marcus. Yes, 38, 36 and 37 minutes respectfully. The guy who led us in third. For third in minutes was Cash. He didn't miss a shot the rest of the game after he was one of four. He finished four of seven, made his free throws, rebounded, had five, and had those 12 points, two of four from three, had that huge one at the end of the shot clock, like we said. Big game from Cash in terms of like a bounce back from him and what we just needed as that third fiddle. Uh, no one, it's crazy how many people, only amount of people scored in this game. But Kyler, we talked about the good second half he had. 
He only had two rebounds, but you know, he took advantage, like we said, of McChesney. Um, he was pumped after one of the layups he had where he just backed him all the way down, and then he had that block. Um, just a great game from Tyler as well. JD only scoring two this game. That's fine. He did have 4,020 minutes. Um, Troy, Trent, Anthony, you mentioned he only played uh, four minutes. Uh, Trent, in 22 minutes, he had a minus three and just one foul, but an 0 for three from three. Um, you know, if he's defending, that's fine. And he was one of those, like we said, that guarded Antonio Reeves, who only had eight points in this game, which is insane. Because uh, we talked about whoever was saying that Antonio Reeves almost gets 20 each night. Obviously, he averages that. But to, to hold him at eight is incredible. He had a big part in that. But Noah, we kind of wish, and that's just who Trent is. But maybe we want to see him do a little more to help the cause at times. Obviously, make his shots. Don't recall. I think a couple of them were open. He had a couple... I think on the on the wing and then in the corner had a couple. We wish he'd make his shots, but maybe a little bit more impact. But his defense showed out. Yeah, it's uh, we know we what he's capable of. We all seen it. Um, he can knock him down, and uh, he's not afraid to shoot it. That's what I like about this kid. If he has a if he's has a glimpse of anything, he's he's letting it fly because he knows he's that's his role. He's a shooter, and he goes down and plays one some of the best defense in the conference. We've seen it. Um, since he became here, he came in, um, everybody talked about how good of a shooter this kid was, but he really, um, really took on what his coach loves to do and took the mentality of his coach and sat down and plays defense. Um, we saw what he'd done to AJ Green, um, as a freshman and, um, he's finally getting healthy here and, uh, he's starting to guard, uh, when Lance Jones is out or Lance Jones need a break, he guards the other team's best player as well. Yes, we can count on Trent to be an important piece in that aspect. That just reminds me, Noah, thing about injuries. We were, we literally talked what on the last one about we wish we knew the status of Ben Harvey. Brian did talk to Mike. What was it on the pregame about Ben? And what did he say? He said that you know Mike pretty much said that we can, you know don't expect Ben back. And Brian obviously didn't really say uh, that we could expect him back. And he just said he's just worried about the health of him. No, that's good, though, the fact that, you know, Ben's fine. And if he doesn't play, so be it. We're just worried about his health and him overall. Yeah, it's uh, we it's like uh, Leif Stevens said it when he was interviewed. Uh, we respect we respect his decision and what's best for him. Um, I think, I, like I said before, it's like uh, Bryson Strong's decision to uh, hang up the shoulder pads. It's 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 more than a, just a football or basketball decision. It's a life decision after after sports because it goes by quickly and uh whatever is best for him we respect it um if it's take the rest of the year off and we get you back next year a healthy ben harvey which we know what we can get out of that um that's what it's going to take and it's it is what it is uh we know we got we know this whole team and this fan base has his back so and we know his his teammates if they need that need to step up um for where he's not they will yeah, you know, we know we're still 10 people deep, and Brian did say that it'd be nice to have Ben, who's 22 years old, having just the experience and the age factor in someone who's been here uh, in this era. We know we redshirted that first year, but yeah, it would be nice to have him, but we know we're still 10 deep, and we're doing fine, so we wish Ben well the rest of the way, and you're right, if he can, you know, we know the surgery that he was, you know, that he avoided before he, when he came back, and then now he's been at, hopefully he can get that and work his way and have a nice offseason, barring anything crazy that we see him at the very end, which we only have a month left. So I would say we won't. So shout out to Ben. Hope he gets better overall. But 
No, we could. I mean, and one thing, Troy only had three minutes in this one. He did first half. Him and Anthony. Exactly. And uh, I just remember it's watching t- watching the game and seeing him take the ball out, and Brian wasn't happy with something that he did. He was kind of yelling at him in his face, like he wasn't listening to him or something. But I don't know if that had anything to do with him not playing. Didn't need him at times because we got carried by others. But uh, no, his minutes just seemed like they were going down a little bit. It's fine because everything's working out. But we know at times, like on Wednesday, we'll talk about it. At the end of this, they go small, and they would. We would like to see Troy tomorrow night. Yeah, it's a it, he's a decent matchup uh, against Noah Carter, another body we can throw at him. And uh, I think it's starting to down here down the stretch. Uh, here we are getting into almost middle of February. I, it's about um, like the starting lineup thing. I think it's it's kind of what Brian's wanted, and uh, it's now time you have to do it. There's no if man. If Andrew bets about it, it's like uh, Lance Jones said on the post game that about this game is uh, um, Brian said before the game, do you want this win or do we need this win? And the whole team said we need this win, and that was their mentality. So, uh, yeah, if it takes to start shortening the bench here in the middle of February, that's what it takes because um, we want to start playing our best basketball going into March. Exactly. Even Jacobson said in the presser yesterday that we're a team that's kind of fighting for our lives in tents because they all know, you know, what the seven seed is and what how much you want to avoid it. So we said we're fighting for our lives there, and he's not wrong. And in terms of that, you know, we we uh, need it. We don't want it. Uh, so yeah, that. And then um, what, what was it? Uh, Dalton Noah? He he was the dog. We think, and we were saying throughout the game, he was the dog of the game because he was able to, you know slow everything down and take care of the ball and, and distribute with those seven assists and score in the in the paint like we know he can outside of obviously Lance and how incredible incredibly efficient he was in 31 points Dalton uh, showed what like like we said earlier what he can be and seven assists is no joke and hopefully we do see him starting again tomorrow yeah career high in assists for him uh, 4.7 assists he didn't miss his only two free throws um, but he's been our most, maybe one of our most consistent free throw shooters um, during this stretch of season where some guys have struggled to knock him down. Um, but yeah, it's uh, good to see Dalton um, step up in his starting role and uh, do what he does. And uh, he, 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 the more he plays, uh, I think the more, I think once you get more starts under their belt, the more confidence is. Because um, we've seen a couple games this year where Dalton Banks starts to take over in some stretches when we need him to. And he can score at the rim at will if he wants to. So, um, but yeah, he's a he set up the offense. He ran. He made plays for everybody else. And uh, I think his parents were there. I seen uh, pictures on Twitter. We retweeted. So a lot of parents were there. And uh, can't forget to shout out that dog pound that those 38 students made that bus trip up there. And I believe I seen on Twitter today that uh, for the at Indiana State game they're taking another trip. So. Uh, Shout out to those guys. Shout out to the parents. Uh, I know Brian said in the post game, some points it uh, sounded like you were playing a home game because the SIU chanted stuff. But uh, yeah, Dalton's first uh, first start of the conference play. You can't can't ask for much more. No, for surely not. And you're right. The dog pound was huge. We we'll talk about that here. Um, that I remember Sports Force was talking about it on Saturday earlier that day and talking about it. And uh, we know Brian had the pizza for him on the bus, and after and they were great. It made a difference. The players love it. It shows, you know, the <clears throat> the community or the the uh, how much they are behind this team. And no, we recall because we were saying we were listening to Sports Force and saying how great it is. So yeah, it's great. We just remember obviously 
it was because we were great back then, and we know we've had this. This is the best the dog pound's been in a long time because people have actually cared, cared about it, and cared to go do stuff like this and show up to the games, and cheer, and have just a whole like group affiliated. We know we don't know the guy who runs it, but we know the Twitter account's done a great job. They've had these theme nights and everything, and we remember just Barry did it once, and at times you just want it to not just be free pizza. The reason why people show up. You want it to be, and obviously it depends how they do on the floor for people to come. Uh, and obviously if you're a student, if you're you know out of state, but you're going to school here and you got nothing else to do outside of homework or something, you go to the game to support overall. We just remember how crazy it was back in the day because we were a great team. But we just wish it would be for reasons that people actually care outside of just getting free pizza to go to the games. But seeing them travel, and you're right, Indiana State, what is that, is a noon game or something? So, you know, they're all going to get together and go to do that, which is great. We've made the trip up there before. It's a good trip at Holman Center. It's a pretty special place, and we know they play well there. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. They've been the ultimate difference maker. Um, and even, you're right, when it, when it well, because what was Illinois State's called? the Not the Red Sea. It was called something, but they were comparing it. They were all sitting down, and all of ours were standing up and cheering. A wild difference, but we know they have a decent atmosphere there most of the time. Uh I don't think anything else sticks out. We did have uh, – how many rebounds did we Got we out-rebounded by 11. Got out-rebounded. So, yeah, that's – gosh, if we get out-rebounded, what our record is, our, you know, it's totally lopsided with wins and losses. So that is kind of crazy. Uh, but, yeah, what else sticks out? Uh, 17 points off turnovers. They We forced uh, 16 of their turnovers, scored 17 points off those. Uh, bench points back down under 10. It's been um, – in the higher teens and 22, I think at one point. Um, but we held them 0 for 11 in the second half from three. We really buckled down defensively. Um, they, they went six of nine in the first half, 0 for 11 in the second half. Uh, we struggled from deep as well in the second half. I think only Lance Jones knocked down two. No, I think cash had one and Lance had one. So, um, yeah, both teams struggled from three in the second half, but, uh, 52% from the field for us, 42 for them. So, um, second half was a big difference defensively. Yeah, and who knows if they make a couple of those threes, just t- so many things are different in this game because we do only win by six. Should have won by eight if Dalton made his free throws. Yeah, but I mean they were 15 of 17 from the free throw line, so that definitely made the difference. Uh, and then being closer than it was, like I said, if they make like three or four threes, they probably win the game. So you know, kudos to them. We we've talked about how the struggles of them, what the, the adversity they faced this year. Losing Chapman, but also dealing with COVID, not having guys like you know, Mark Freeman's been banged up, Fleming's been banged up. So they've they've battled through and they fought there at the end. But no, Antonio Reeves, eight points on nine shots. Did have five assists, but we talked about how defensive effort on him was phenomenal, and that was arguably the thing of the game. But uh, overall, I would say you know we were, uh, yeah, eight of 14 from the free throw line is not what you want to do in the second half. Uh so, yeah, overall, it was a quality game. We talked about, because we remember saying Dan Moeller said that their bigs, uh, you know, was probably the weakest point of their team when he was talking at the beginning of the season. But it was, we were honestly surprised at how good Schmidt, who had 10 points, and McChesney, who had a 12, surprised at how well they did play. That's where we thought we could have saw Anthony play a little more. But uh, outside of that, expecting, I mean, Illinois State is who they is. They're a good shooting team, good free throw shooting team. If you stop their best player, you will win. Noah, so final thoughts before I get some quotes. Yeah, it's uh, it's like I said, the start us off. It's always good to get back in that wet column, especially on the road against a 
interstate rival against the Red Turds, and uh, yeah, it's a big time, big time win. It's I I said it last time we um, beat a lower opponent. Um, do I say it again? It's can we build off this? Do we build off this going in playing one of the top four teams in the leagues like we did last time? Um, so hopefully we can. Hopefully. Um, like uh, the mentality they took in this one, do you need this win or do you want this win? Um, from here on out, we need these wins, and uh, hopefully they take that mentality. Yeah, exactly. We said that we said the records before when we kicked this off: uh, 0-7 and 5-0. and 0. That just strictly means you're a middle of the te- middle of the pack team. So we would like to get over that proverbial hump here, coming up against good teams after you beat bad teams, 100%. So. Uh, some quotes here. Lance said he wants to thank his teammates because he said they found him in the right positions. To quote, I feel like every shot that I released had a chance to go in, yes. Uh, Marcus said this was huge for us. Illinois State has had a lot of good of home wins in the Valley already. For us to come in here and beat them and kind of separate ourselves from them a little bit is big for us. We have to keep this momentum going. Uh, And Brian said, I thought Trent, Lance, all the guys who were on Antonio Reeves did a great job taking away his space and just trying to make him uncomfortable. It was a team defensive effort. Our bigs on ball screen coverages, our other guards who weren't guarding him, one pass away trying to shrink the floor. Uh, he said the most under underrated thing he does is passing, talking about Marcus. Uh, his, his feel for the game is what makes him such, such a special player. He can play one through five. You can give him the ball in all different spots on the floor and trust him to make good decisions. And then he did, or Lance said about the dog pound, I want to give a shout-out to the Dog Pound. It felt like a home game. They were supporting, cheering over the ISU fans. That's all we can ask for. Like I said, that was great. It did make a difference in this game. It was a, a well-earned six-point win to put us, again, in that sixth seed. Uh, moving forward, Noah, so before we touch on some other stuff in this game, quickly I just recall because I was watching games the other night. Uh, DJ Horn, we know, left Illinois State for Arizona State and playing well, and they had a big win over UCLA the other night. No, we think obviously they have they have talent, and they might maybe don't bring in guys like Freeman or whoever um, if they still had DJ Horn. But you know, the you know continued good that DJ Horn is along with the Tony Reeves that could be a problem. I mean, they uh, I'd say Dan misses DJ Horn quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, they basically traded Dedrick Boyd for. Uh, Mark Freeman down to Tennessee State, almost a trade for them. They Boyd went down there, Freeman came up here, and uh, yeah, it's one of those things. It's you see that DJ Horn hits the portal, and the kids love the portal nowadays. And uh, I forget who was talking about it, but I've seen um, maybe Antonio Reeves hits the portal this this summer. Maybe he's if he can't go to the league now, maybe he's looking for that higher opportunity. Um, to play at the next level, to maybe get to the next level quicker. But um, I forget who was talking about that. But, yeah, the kids love the portal. And, yeah, if they had they had DJ Horn back, they would be pretty solid. Who knows if uh, Josiah Strong gets the role he does. Who knows, like you said, if Mark Freeman comes in. But, yeah, like you said, I'm, I can't – he's doing pretty well for uh, Arizona State, isn't he? Yeah, I believe so. I think he's playing a lot and playing well. I just it, It's funny because we remember comparing him and Lance's freshman years, because I'm pretty sure uh, he made it all-freshman team over Lance, and their stats were really, really close, and we were on the better team that year. So that was just a fun thing to have. We know DJ is a good player and has become that. So I just wanted to mention that because I saw him play the other night. Noah, quickly some things. We know the main account has tweeted the last couple of days about 
some of these players' games the last couple. Of, he's uh, they've made a post about Kyler and his quality minutes. Last three games, he's averaging eight on 13 of 20, shooting that 65%, uh, which is really good uh, and what we need him to do. They had a post on Lance this morning that, Noah, he is 11 for 18 from three-point arc in these last three games because we recall way back on sometime in January, uh, Brian had a quote. He said, Lance is a great shooter, and I think he's going to continue shooting like this for the rest of the season. Uh, and he wasn't wrong. That's been the case outside of the Missouri State home game. Uh, I believe the time after he said this, I forgot already. It was, like I said, sometime in January. But we were sticking him to it to hope that Lance could get out of the funk, and it looks like he has so far. And then, Noah, we know Stephen Verplanken at one point did lead the Valley in three-point shooting at 47.8. Then you say something that's at like 42% now? Yeah, I believe he's sixth in the Valley shoot from three. Which is, you know... We were hoping that he could build off this. We know he was shooting 50% at one, you know, before conference season. So he's just slowly but surely went down. It's unfortunate. Hoping he snaps out of it. Uh, and then know a couple things here. Mike had a tweet about Marcus and how close he is to what, to his 100th career assist. He's four shy. He'll be only the third Saluki in 11 years to get 100. Joining Aaron Cook and the fun Mike Rodriguez. 100 used to be routine, he said, as SAU had 20. 20 players with 100 or more steals in the 23 years between 87 and 2010. And then I think he had another one uh, on Lance somewhere. I forgot it. But, you know, some, oh, here, right here. Since 1998, SIU's had just four players score 30 or more in a game two or more times in their careers. Carlton Faye did it twice. Anthony Bean, we know, was great. Did it seven times. Armand did it three times. And Lance has done it twice. SIU's had 20. 30-point games in the last 24 years. So we have had that scores, Noah, because we recall some of the burning scores that we wish we had in Isaiah Mosley and stuff like that. We did have it with Anthony, but it shows at times we can get it. We know how great Armand was as well, that we can get it at times with Marcus and Lance. It's all about just when they know they can dominate. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Mike Reese said it. Since 2016, we've had five, and uh, Lance has two of those, so – um, it's been a rare, rare occurrence for us lately, but, um, knowing those two and, uh, I guess cash has one of those other ones, I guess, unless Mike was talking Valley had, play. Yeah. I think he had 20. I, I would look back. I thought he had 30 at Tulsa. I think he had like 27. Um, so, but, uh, he's close. We know if one of our shooters get hot, um, but one of our two superstars can, uh, do it at any point. Yeah. We're hoping that this turns them on. The rest of the way, but Noah said there was also one on cash earlier. He said he's shooting 50, 53% from three in his last five games, which we know that's almost what he's become as a three-point shooter, but we can rely on him from that. 53% is a good number. Hopefully he keeps that shooting up. And they tweeted about 50 minutes ago. They were up and down in 54 minutes on the flight to uh, Cedar Falls, so they are there. It is a business trip. They had a couple pictures there. So they are there, which is good. We'll cover, like we said, the uh, – the Panthers, but they had some games recently. No, let's get around the Valley. Yeah, around the Valley, we do know after we touch around the Valley, we have a uh, new probability, so we'll touch on that. Um, but on Saturday, uh, Bradley went to Evansville and dominated 76-41. Um, it's pretty sad to see what Evansville is turning out to be. Um, Boya and Kent uh, lifted Bradley with a big win. Um, we do know um, in that game, Terry Roberts goes down, sprains his ankle. Um, he's in a walking boot now. Uh, Wardle said on the thing, sure we'll touch on it in a little bit, but he is, uh, we'll find out more today, didn't we say? 
Yeah, we'll just cover when we go through these teams. We'll cover what some of the teams said. Yeah, he said, uh, yeah, a sprained ankle, or and yeah, he was in a boot. We know he was in a boot after the game, but he has been, and they were getting more uh, results. I think he said today. I don't know. We haven't seen any update on it, but we know he's he's going to miss some time. We we think, and we know that we said hopefully he misses the game against us. We know we want to beat him at full strength. That is a big hit for them. You're right, but they still beat Evansville by 35. You're right. And didn't you see? Something on Lick Light or somebody said, but uh, we don't know if it's 100% true. That just reminded me. Yeah, it was a uh, some Evansville account posted after the game Saturday that um, he said uh, in, inside sources within the team that Lick Liner was expected to uh, step down before tonight's game, which uh, it's it's Tuesday, so it does not look like that's happening. But uh, interesting, and I know a lot of Evansville's fans – um, want Licklider out, but uh, yeah, I thought he'd done a decent job this year, and it's just gotten away from him this year. One hundred percent, it's unfortunate for him because we know he's he barely gets any questions asked to him in the presser. He didn't really cover a whole lot, but he's staying positive, and he did say the reason why I brought that up. You said that somebody said that, but he he was confident whoever he was talking about's future. So that's how we knew kind of that he may be around longer but obviously things can change over time especially if he continues to lose this bad the rest of the way yeah an enormous win for bradley then uh the team we play tomorrow night northern iowa went on the road at drake to the nap center and escaped with an ot win 74 69 um this was a really good game led by 23 points from noah carter uh 16 from burhout aj green one of nine from the field seven points um, really good job defensively for like Drake, but uh, when you guys got when you got Burhow, uh, born off the bench with seven, five got to play a little bit more against Brody, six points, and uh, guys like that to pick up, um, it's uh, it's all right for your star to have an off night. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Noah Carter just continues to be a problem, but pick for Noah. We know he struggled at times this year. Twelve rebounds <clears throat> in this game, he fouled out. Added eight points, and Harry Schrader asked every every coach about uh, kind of glue guys that you have, and we'll get to some more. I don't recall who he said about Drake's. <clears throat> Obviously, we know who that is. It's Garrett Sturts, <clears throat> but he did say pick for Noah because he, he he can do it all, and especially when you bounce back in game. Twelve rebounds is a lot. They made twenty four free throws in this game. They were twenty four of twenty six, uh, but both teams shot really bad, thirty seven and thirty eight percent, respectfully. About an even game throughout, but no, a 24 free throws, that'll single-handedly win you games. Uh, but Pickford doing that, we're going to have to watch for him tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Jacobson said uh, teams uh, do not really respect him on the offensive end. They play more like in the paint. So uh, that's an interesting to match up. Uh, I wonder if we could go with like a JD since they play off him so much, if JD would be a good matchup for him in the paint. JD can just wall up in the paint. Good point, yeah, because we'll get to it. What we think the matchups, you know, could or should be, and we will have to maybe have to bring one of them off the bench, but I'm not sure that'll happen. Yeah, I noticed uh, Drake shortened their bench quite a bit. I know they don't play a lot, but uh, Akinwale only played nine, Brody only played 12, but Hemphill, 10 and 8, he's getting stronger and better um, come off the bench, but a tough loss for Drake, especially since they had, had the tiebreaker against Loyola and had the lead in the Valley. Yeah, and Wilkins has got going. Uh, DeVries touched on Wilkins' ability to be uh, that leader and score that they need. He only shot 3 of 10 from 3. 
Uh, Murphy shot three of ten from the field, kind of screwed them in this game. I would say only had six points, and the shooting wasn't good. Like I said, both teams' shooting wasn't very good. So that's the rivalry they had there, and then they had did they sweep Drake or is it split? Uh, I believe that's a split off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't recall the first matchup either, but great matchups for two really good teams. Both OT games. There you go. That's about as even as it gets. Then another OT game, or a double OT game, Indiana State went on the road to Valpo without Thomas Kithier, um, but Kobe King led the way with 24 points um, to help a uh, shorthanded Valpo team uh, get a seven-point victory over the Sycamores. 79-72. 79-72. Um, Cam Henry had 28 points despite the loss. Yeah, he's a stud. We'll be sneak peeking him here in a second. He, he's he been – he played 50 minutes. Him and Nice played 50 of the two overtimes. So they played a whole lot. He had eight and six as well, eight, eight assists, six rebounds. Really, you know, a special talent, Cooper Nice. If him and Cooper Nice are on, they could beat anybody, honestly. And they've had some uh, contributions from their bench a little bit. Yeah, King and Taylor dropping 24 and 20. Edwards is scoring a lot more. We've talked about it. We 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 killed them the second matchup, but uh, they could be a team nobody wants to play, especially with Kithier. Yeah, and Lonick said that Kithier has no structural structural damage in his in his back, but it's kind of keeps being a day by day thing. And if he has no pain, he'll play, and vice versa. No, we recall that's just kind of what's been with Trent Brown. And over time, you can get over it, I would think, but because Trent's happened way a long time ago. If this happened with Kithier over the last you know month or two. It takes time to get back because, yeah, if they get him back, they will be they will be dangerous. Like kind of not as much as 2018 team with JFL leading the way, but a team with this deep and this many studs on it could very well be in Kobe King dropping 24 and 11. He will confidently lead the way. Yeah, and I told you if it was up to me, I would almost if Kithier is pretty banged up, I'd almost keep him out till St. Louis and try to make a run there, see if his back can heal up with some time off. Um, but I did want to touch on, um, trying to think what anybody, any of their coaches both said, but I did want to touch on, uh, Todd Golden, uh, that's their beat reporter did say on March, the arts podcast that if, um, uh, but it's just Cooper just before the Gax game, um, announcing himself that I, he is coming back next year. Then Todd Golden also says, and if less something changes that Cooper and Tyree key will be back next year for the second one. That very well might be scary. We recall, and we'll talk about the teams that we had before the season. Tyreek, he was on one of those, on some of those teams. We know the impact he could be making. If you had him with Cam Henry, Julian Larry's defense, that is elite guard play. So that is scary. When you told me that, I kind of thought that maybe, because we know he entered the portal, this injury, maybe he's just bought into what they're doing here, which is good for Josh's sake that he was able to stick him here. So if that's the case, we better watch out. Yeah, and they add Robbie Avila. He did say, um, oh, what's his name that went to Wake Forest? Laravia. He thinks Laravia would have left no matter what. So, And he's um, shown out. So that's uh, that there. Then on Sunday, we only had one game. Um, it was the battle for first place pretty much. Loyola goes returns to uh, – goes back to Springfield when New Missouri State got the best of them with a 40-point outing from Mosley in the first game at Loyola. Loyola goes on the road, a 71-62 win, um, 19 points from Lucas Williamson to lead the way, and they held Isaiah Mosley to 12 points. Yeah, that's what it takes, and we know Lucas has elite defense. He can drop 19 and defend like that. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, and we figured, you know, if it was any team to give 
Uh, Mosley, absolute fits. It's this team because you could throw Lucas at him, you could throw Ugok at him. Uh, Ugok had 12 and 8. I mean, they're just, and this is a game that we knew, like, kind of had a feeling Loyola would skirt out because they did early in the conference season. Uh, but Prim did all he could, 21 and 10. Uh, they, did, they didn't get a Manette, didn't, he only had two points. Uh, Carper didn't score like he did against us, only played two minutes. But, uh, yeah, just more contributions from them. Even Clay only had seven, so more contributions from him. They arguably win as well. People are talking about how ugly the court is. And NBC Hoops account did a ranking of it, had us about the middle of the pack. But we would agree, it's not pleasant watching Missouri State on their court. It is dark, it's just... We've talked about the logo before. It's too big. Even ours seems too big. But um, it's a place you don't really like playing. Their fan base, it was a wide out. I think their fan base was pretty good. They were booing a lot of some bad calls. But you know, Chris Knight was in foul trouble. This game could have been a lot uglier, arguably, because Brand doesn't get his if Chris Knight is in foul trouble and he had two points in the game. Yeah, it's uh, getting him in foul trouble and Jacob Hudson um, following him up, um, doing their best on Prem, but Prem got what he wanted. Yeah, Schweiger, he was in the foul trouble. I don't know if he was dealing with something. He only played five minutes and didn't score. That could have been a difference as well. Uh, yeah, Thomas Welch is underrated, I think. We've talked about him you know, before each game we played against him before the season. And he's turned it on a little bit. Had eight to cover up the bad play of the other big. So, yeah, a definitely a quality game. We knew it was going to be. It came down to the wire for Santoloyola. Squeaked it out like they had been all year. Then a look ahead to the midweek games. Um, tonight, uh, for their first of uh, two games in three days, just like we did a couple weeks ago, uh, Evansville on the road at Indiana State. Um, expect this, which uh, that sh- the Sycamores are right up, are not too far behind us in the standing, so they can make some um, make some picks up pick up some wins here quickly this week. Um, then looking ahead tomorrow night, Missouri State is at Drake. Um, that'll be an interesting one. Valpo is on the road at Illinois State. That's one to watch. Two teams right on our tail. Then Loyola at Bradley at 8 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. That's a main TV game. Um, probably no Terry Roberts in that game, so that sucks for we get a main TV game and to get a big injury like that. Yeah, because I don't know if they can have Howe and Hickman fill in to fill the void at all that Terry Roberts leaves. Yeah, that that could get ugly, but we know anything can happen in Carver Arena. Missouri State and Drake would be a great game. Drake has been lucky having a lot of these home games lately against these good teams. Uh, you and I beat them at their place. Maybe Missouri State can do it as well. They're off a tough loss, so definitely a lot of good games. And you're right, Valpo, Illinois State on our tail. That will be tough. Indiana State's a 10, 9.5-point favorite tonight. Yeah, we do expect them to get the job done because they're surging. You know, they only have – how many conferences do they have? Not a lot. Two. Two. So, yeah, they're not surging at all. They're, that's a battle for 10th place right there. Indiana State should take care of them for sure. So that's how that looks, Noah. So let's dive into the standings. Yeah, diving into the standings real quick. Um, looking at it here, you got Loyola now at the top at nine and two. You and I at nine and three, right behind them. Drake's eight and three. Um, Missouri State falls from first to fourth, eight and four. Or no, they were in second. Uh, second to fourth here, real quickly. Eight, eight and four. Missouri State seven and five. Bradley. We are now five and seven. Valpo four and seven. Illinois State three and eight. Indiana State two and eight, and one and nine. Evansville. Um, there's a chance uh, we can either fall or we can make some quick game on Bradley this week with their their two tough games. But um, especially watching that game tomorrow night, probably root for Illinois State uh, to beat Valpo so we can keep our game advantage. 
Yeah, exactly. And if Southpaw wins and we lose, we're tied, but we do have the tiebreaker, so we'll still be in six. And yeah, and Bradley, if they do slide, we, we would like to take over for them. But we recall saying that, hoping that we would get, obviously a lot of fluctuation would have to still happen, but get a UNI, which would play against them at their place, it'd be tough. But we'd rather play them on a neutral court than play the other top three teams. So uh, we could very well get Missouri State in the four or five if we get to the five. So it's all, it, like we said, it's kind of a fluctuating thing not sure how we want to treat that honestly it's it's we don't want to play any of these teams they're all dangerous but that is how it is yeah Valpo hopefully Illinois State can knock them down uh so what are the probability updates yeah uh our highest percentage is still the six seed and it went up a lot um I forget what it was last time but it's up to 76 percent I think it was in the 50s last last time we went over this so up to 76 percent for that six seed 8% for the 5 seed, 13% for the 7. Um, I thought it was interesting. Loyola still with a 78% chance for that first seed. Yeah, that seems like what it is going to be. We've said, obviously, if they would have got swept on Missouri State and then getting Drake again, that they could fall to the 3. So we thought that percentage was a little too high probably, but 78 is a lot. And 76 for us is a lot. You know, I think they're taking, obviously, the tiebreaker with Valpo and that, and already beating Illinois State. So we are in decent standing still for where we want to be. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, getting this upset tomorrow would be great. Uh, we know that. So like we said, that'll happen. I'm sure he'll, he'll definitely have one after tomorrow or on Thursday at least, and we'll get the update then. Uh, I wonder if there was a couple more things I wanted to touch on. Uh, I know Bracketology was out again. We know Joe Lenardi's had both Drake and Loyola in there. He only has Loyola this time as a nine seed. If they win, they would get Auburn, according to him, if it started the day. That would be a really, really hard matchup for them. Uh, wasn't there a mid-major top 25 update? Yeah, there was a couple when I, before we jumped on here. Let me find it real quick. Um, it was Sean Paul's, I think, if I can find it. Real fast, we do know Murray State is ranked for the first time. What did they say? 2015 in the highest since 2012. Incredible. And you know, that's outside of maybe if Tevin Brown leaves, but they'll be the same team coming there next year. They'll be tough. That's a great accomplishment. Yeah, looking over here, I believe um, they did not post where to go. I believe, uh, I think Murray State was one, Loyola was three, 13 and 14 was Drake and Mur Missouri State, and Belmont was six, I believe. So um, it's, a, it's, it's a tight race. It's good to see that Murray State's now in the top 25 in the nation. Um, they continue to climb. Belmont continuing their success in the OVC. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the OVC as those two come to the Valley next year. And uh, just to touch on guys coming to the Valley, we did see before we hopped on here that the Horizon League is uh, banning UIC from winning any conference championships, just like the CAA is doing to James Madison and other, another conference is doing to somebody else, and it's a pretty disappointing. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I'd hate that you could even do that. You know, I think of it as what we thought that— So we should do that to Loyola, correct? Yeah, well, we know we're not like that. We wouldn't want to – that, that, that is unfortunate because I compare it to whenever uh, Clay left Valpo for Missouri State. It's like, well, Valpo's not going to you know, not let him join Missouri State. We know the whole process with that. It's kind of similar, and they gave in and let him play, and it's kind of different, but letting – that that is unfortunate. We're not sure if they would be able to play in any of those, but still taking away the opportunity is just terrible. 
I wanted to look at what uh, Murray State would be. He, they'd be a 10 seed if it started the day. If they win, they would get Duke. If they would win, we know they struggle against those bottom seeds. They and Murray would get Arkansas on that first down. So we'll keep an eye on all that. Even for Murray State, we know Belmont's kind of on the bubble as well as what Drake would be. So we'll keep an eye out for all those teams as these updated bracketologies go on and on. Uh, now, Noah, you did mention that uh, wasn't uh, some teams have been in some uh, newly announced MTEs for next year, right? Yeah, I sent you one the other day. It was uh, Drake and Belmont is in the Paradise Jam. We know we just took place in that. It, uh, Belmont and Drake take place with George Mason, Boston College, Buffalo, Weber State, Wyoming, and Howard. Um, that's a decent turnout. I think Drake or Belmont should win that tournament. I'm not sure exactly. Um, we know George Mason coach uh, Kim English will probably get another job this offseason, but um, I know the Buffalo program isn't the same, and uh, I think uh, Boston College at the ACC isn't too strong either. No. Uh, Boston College has had a couple good players. Some, uh, I'm thinking Virginia Tech. I get those two mixed in. Boston College is not a good program. When I first looked at that, I misplayed the women's the women's side of it that had Seton Hall and Arkansas and whatever. And I was like, no, they can't win with those teams in there. So I was like, they could definitely, they might win in the championship depending on how that is bracketed. Wasn't there another team that was announced in uh, MTE? Not sure. We were hoping that we could get one in the States again, just in general. Uh, and obviously one, because we know the pre previous one we were in was a good one. Uh, so we'll keep people updated for that once we see that. Surely we'll see one for us announced. Who knows? Now I know a couple small things before we get into some of these picks that we have midway through the year. Uh, good to hear because we've been talking about it. You were at the John A game, what was it, last night? Correct. And you saw Brian Mullenberg. Yes, he was uh, standing by Greg, the great Greg Sterrick and chit-chatting, so... Um, he was the only coach that I saw there. I know um, sometimes Will Keller comes back to his alma mater at John A. or uh, uh, Anthony Diavonzo shows up to watch them, but uh, Brian Mullins was in attendance, so maybe uh, maybe he's listened to our pod and listened to me whine while we're not getting over there to look at Sean East or Kiwante Williams. Yeah, and you know we, we know he knows Greg, and he'd be talking to him. He's got to talk to somebody. He's not just going to stand there, so he's buying Greg to talk. There's a reason why he's there. We know him and Kyle are friends. Support him. It's an off day. He has something to do, but he is alone, which makes us think he's doing his own little scout, and I think, yeah, I think it's about time that happened. It's great to see you're right. Sean East, what, what was the other one's name? Tawante Williams. Tawante. You said he's about 6'6 and a freak athlete, right? Yes, he's like, like a Tank Hemphill almost. And that would be, if he can score like Tank, then that would be great. We know Sean East is a great player as Both well. Both had big nights last night. So, yeah, I mean, if that's any indication, I think Brian has an idea, and he's finally coming around to maybe seeing all that. We know, I mean, Sean East was in the hole. If no, Brian Wardle was also asked about the glue guy thing, and he said he recruits a team, not talent. He said he can get you in a lot of trouble if you recruit talent. And was Sean East a part of that scandal with Elijah Childs and Kingsby? No, he was not. He was the only one. It was it was Kingsby, Childs, and Henry. Jay Sean. I mean, Jay Sean got off, and he was hurt. He would have played against us in the tournament. Yeah, that's right, because I just think if, if Sean East was that, that's the reason why he would come to a JUCO, figure it all out. But it's not he like got he's out a bad of there. kid. Yeah. And, you know, because we said Brian would, you know, you know, be specific and 
picky on certain guys in terms of what they've been through, what their grades are and stuff. But Shawnee is a good guy. He's a good talent. Yeah, he's a he's a he compares the guy. A lot of JUCO guys we've been in the last couple of years. We know Terry Roberts. We were in his final three. What college was he at? Again? Uh, Florida Southwestern State or something. Then uh, we were in on. Um, forget what college he was at, and I can't forget his name. I forget his name. Oh, uh, he went to North Texas, yeah. Perry. Tyler Perry. He won a Perry. national title. Yeah, t- yeah, Tyler Perry, that's right. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, – Shawnee's kind of fits that, what we've been looking for a little bit. Um, but we also maybe be looking for another cash type, and T- they call him T-T-A for short. So um, those two would not be a bad – I know uh, – we know – I, we've talked about Brad Corn being up there looking at John A. players, especially Sean East. Um, but, yeah, uh, real quick, another recruiting uh, K to Hornecker update. Um, we know Friday night was senior night. Um, they won 73-48. They moved to 7-0 in district play, and Kate had 16 points. So, uh, big senior night for them. They get a big win. Yeah, they're kind of blown out a lot of teams. Um, he's getting 16. That's good. We said, what was the average in you said? Like eight and four at one point, somebody said I saw. We wish that'd be maybe a little more, but we know he's got a good, you know, UT Arlington guy is averaging probably more rebounds. I think he last year, I think we remember I was listening back to get our preseason picks, and when we landed him, I think you said he was at, he added he averaged ten and six last year, so it's not too far off. He'll uh, probably build on that as long as they go. For sure, and he said the goal is to win a state title, so hoping they do that. We'll keep everybody updated with Cade still. We we been following Amarillo accounts to keep us updated, so that's good. Uh, and you're right. Hopefully, you know, Brian can get a good eye because uh, Tite, we know he can defend probably with that athleticism. We're looking for a guy that can score. Hopefully, he uh, can get on the good side of Shawnee's. So there's that note, which that is that is big news. I'm glad we covered that. I'm glad you were there to see that. Uh, now Noah finishing out some oh, some other you know pretty big news, Noah. USI, Southern Indiana, is headed to Division One, which seems like it's been a matter of time. Uh, we know uh, Bruce Pearl was there a long time ago before he's got his career going. He said it on a, you know, I just remember seeing a flashback. He was on the Dan Patrick Show talking about it. And then we know uh, Ronnie Watson was great there, a legend there, and it's good to see that they're going up to the next level. Yeah, it's uh, good to see, and we'll see what happens. I said as soon as I saw the news, I said it won't take long for them to be a better D1 program than Evansville, the way Evansville is headed. Um, I believe they're going to leave. I think they'll end up in the OVC. Uh, I believe the other potentials, maybe the Atlantic Sun or the Horizon, but I think it'd be a perfect fit for the OVC to add since they're losing a couple teams. Yeah, with geographical sense as well, I think. Because I've been to SIUE's. Uh, arena so many times and it's really small and I'm just thinking about USI we know they got a new facilities and a new gym in the last five years or so that theirs is just as good or better than that so the facilities match up with you know a low level OVC team that would be a great spot especially like I said geography wise as well and the battle in, in Evansville I, I lived in Evansville for half a year a couple of years ago and I know some people that are posting about uh, the rivalry that can have and you know they used to have home and homes back in the day uh, just playing each other in non-conference, and it was really fun. And you're, you're right, and they could end up, depending upon the trajectory of Evansville and what they do, the USI could be right on their heels in terms of the fan bases or anything like that. So uh, hopefully they can find and play each other more now that they're both at that level. So that was big news. We wanted to share that. Now, Noah, let's get into these uh, mid-conference picks. We were we said before that we wanted to maybe 
be really specific with a lot of these and pick some of the teams, but it is really too hard to pick. We would have to dive in forever and ever. So we'd stick to the main awards and quickly, though, jump back to the picks that we had to start the year and how inaccurate or accurate we are, and we'll say how good we are so far on those. Yeah, we'll just stick with the main. Um, both of us agreed on the player of the year. We went with Gage Prim. Um, as we know now, that's not too far. That's not a his bad pick, good. but his teammate is probably going to get it. We can both agree that on that probably. Um, coach of the year, uh, you went with Drew Valentine as his first year. I went um, Darren DeVries to get it again. Um, Depoy, we both agreed with Lucas Williamson winning it again. That's we think maybe Lance Jones has a chance, yeah, yeah. and there's a couple others. Um, newcomer of the year, we both went with Malevi Leons or whoever. I think Brian Ward will pronounce it a different way yesterday, so then we've heard it before. Um, freshman of the year, both probably ace this. It's going to be Tucker DeVries. Then six man, um, Io. I went with Io and Kumwale to take that. Um, spot of Joseph Yusefu, but you went with Garrett Sturts, but injuries have affected that one now, so uh, um, getting into the mid-conference. I want to say real fast, oh, just yeah. think about we will both pick DeVries. It's, I've never seen a more like overwhelming, unanimous pick for anything in the Valley's history, but definitely ever. I've ever known in anything in voting. He will win it, Noah, because who's the next best freshman? Rudinger from Valpo. I, There's Troy, not really... You can't. You don't have any. It's hilarious, and it's the fact that how good of a talent he is. It's so not close. But yeah, uh, you're right on that. Uh, I think we we can agree on some others now. I think we could even filling up a first team All NBC is tough, and we know Moses going to win Player of the Year. We both agree on that. No, here's where we let's talk about DPOI because we did. We said Lance Jones leading. He had five steals leading the conference in steals. We know Lucas will get a shot. Donovan Clay's been great. We could flip a coin on that, can we? Yeah, we we really can. It's uh it's close. Um, we know Lance will probably end up on the um the all defensive team, but uh yeah, it's close. Uh, I went with Lucas at the beginning of the year. There's other guys. Um, I think Julian Larry deserves some credit. He's uh I think maybe Gage Prime leads the league in blocks. There's still the Donovan Clays that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. There's a lot of Good defensive players in this league, um, but uh, we might not agree on we might agree on most of these. But I I'm gonna go right now leading the league in steals five the other night in the shows. I would say I would you know because we know I'm trying to think of the big man Drake had a couple years ago make something McGlynn McGlynn that he got or even uh, Liam Robbins you know they those he was the other one I was thinking. Those guys led the conference in blocks, and they won Defensive Player of the Year. It's like you know, steals are just as important. And I think if you, if especially if you get at least almost three steals a game, I think you got to be in consideration. I think people would think about it. Uh, you're right. I think we can make a first team though. If you had Lance, Donovan, Lucas, Julian, Larry, and Pram, who who would be that other one that we were just missing out on? I think that'd be a good five. Yeah, there's a that that uh that first five is tough. Um, like you said, Lance, Lance, Julian, Lucas, Donovan, and Gage Prim maybe would be five. Ugok, we know he made it last year. He's he's a, he, he's a good one. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Lance Jones. I don't know about you. Yeah, I want to go with that as well. I just we've talked about that Lucas could get the benefits of a lot of these because of who he is, and he has been great defensively. We've talked about Donovan Clay 
has changed Missouri State overall in every facet defensively. I think he – I will go with Lance as well because the impact he makes for our team itself on defense is just as big as, you know, Donovan. I'd say Lance first for me as well. I'd have Donovan at second. It's so close. But we know, like you said, Gage Prim leading the conference in blocks. He'll have a case. And we've talked about it. McChesney has a lot as well, but it'll go I, – I definitely – Lance and Donovan for me top two. Yeah, um, just looking at the uh... – the overall stats, Lance is number one in steals. Prem's number one in blocks. Um, Terry Roberts, second in steals. He could get on that list, but uh, second in blocks is um, Malevi Leon. So um, his length helps him there. Kendall Lewis is not too far. I mentioned him when we were talking about all defensive team today. But uh, moving on, um, next we can both agree on this one. New come of the year, I believe, preseason. Um, we both picked Malevi, but we can take his teammate now, correct? Oh, yeah, Terry Roberts. Hoping he gets healthy because we just like watching him play. We did recruit him. Uh, even Mike has been saying that when he was talking to Brian in post games and stuff, that he can score. He's so good. Easy, I think. We say easy, even like we know DeVries, who's going to win freshman. He had a case that Terry's been leading Bradley, him and Mass, for that. I, 100%. It'll be Terry, I think. Because who else is in? I mean, we know Schwiegers took a step back lately. Chris Knight. Uh, Chris Knight's been really good for Loyola. He'll be a top three can- uh, finalist for that. Uh, and there's some others. We know Cam Henry. He's an option for that as well. He's been amazing. Like you said, he dropped 28 points the other night. Uh, but, yeah, and he could be. He'll be on the all-newcomer team. And like we said, some of these are too specific to, to get out. But you're right, newcomer will be him. Uh, what else is there? Yeah, we can uh... – we can both like make an all freshman team. Yeah, that's a tough one, but uh six man of the year, there's not really exactly you don't know exactly who that six man is. Um, looking at all the teams, we do know um Sturts, we picked I picked Akinwale, you picked Sturts. The injuries have affected that. So uh off the top of my head, I can't probably name you one. Yeah, it's hard because everything fluctuates. We have had injuries and stuff, and so many things have changed. Um, you know, I think of a guy that scores a lot, like Bowen Bourne off the bench for you and I could be that. He's been one of their top you know, top three scores on the team. I'd say him if we can't come up with anybody else. I'm not sure who they would give it to. So, yeah, that, that that's a tough call as well. Uh, but coach of the year, what do you think so far? Yeah, it's it's tough. Um we know it's one of the. I went with DeVries. Um, you went with uh, Drew. Drew. So uh, I'm gonna stick with DeVries because I think they hang on. They get they get Loyola, or they go on the road at Loyola to finish it off. But um, I'm gonna stick with DeVries. Yeah, and even it depends like on some of these. Like if if you and I finishes top two, Jacobson will get a big case. But it, I think it does depend on one and DeVries. Uh, who was was he picked preseason coach of the year? Um, I don't think they don't do that. They don't do that. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of some others. I don't think you know Dana Four could get a case if they propel in the top three or something. That's a that's a coin flip for me. It's it's tough to say because that top could fluctuate and it depends because there really hasn't been anybody that surprised anybody. I don't think maybe you and I being near the top, especially record wise, they had a rough start. But we know the non conference they had. It's it's tough call. Uh, I thought, I mean, DeVries has to be. I'll go with Dana if they can end up getting over the hump and get the top three. Because uh, they were picked, like we said, what were they picked? Fifth? They were picked Fourth. Yeah, you and I was fifth. But Missouri State people were, were overlooking them all year. So I'll go with Dana. 
but that'll, like I said, that'll change forever. So I want to have a topic of who fa- who's faced the most adversity so far this year. I was going to say some of those other teams, like Illinois State with losing one of their best players. But, no, I think Indiana State, because you don't have Tyree Key, one game you've had only seven guys playing, and you're in your first year, you've played really well. They face it. I'd say, would you say Illinois State or Indiana State has faced the most adversity this year? Yeah, you could also you could also say uh, Valpo with all the injuries they've had. Um, there's been a lot of injuries in this league. That's uh, and COVID outbreaks in this league. Um, but a lot of adversity is between those the the seventh through ninth place teams uh, have been affected a lot. Yeah, I know, and you know they fought, and we remember Lodic, who plays Illinois State. He said that he admires, you know, Coach Dan Moeller because he doesn't complain. He just goes with the flow and everything they've dealt with this year and losing one of the best players. So, uh, yeah, it has been a lot for all these teams, but uh, you know it's better better off for a lot of them in terms of facing that adversary moving forward for the rest of the year. Uh, and then we had like all glue team that'd be tough, and all X factor team, you know, like Sturts and Donovan Clay would be both of those. Uh, so we'll save those near the end, at the end of the year maybe, and figure out who that was. So now I know I discussed in all that, a lot of good topics. Uh, and the Panthers for the second go-around in the McLeod Center. Let's jump in. Yeah, it's another tough matchup. As we remember, um, Lance Jones hit a half-court shot um, at the buzzer to make it a one-point loss at the arena. A 69-68 win for the Panthers, led by 22 points from AJ Green, so we're going to have to do a better job on him. Um, I think Noah Carter, he struggled from the outside shooting, but he got anything he wanted in the paint, 17-7 and seven for him. Um, so we're going to have to do a better job. Um, we're going to have to see how much five plays in this game. We know we struggled. Um, he, we've struggled. We've struggled against him before, but he struggled to get on the floor because of bad COVID. He's bad and tough. We know how Burhau can uh, light us up at some times. He had a good night the other night against Drake when AJ struggled. Um, but, yeah, it's a it's a matchup nightmares since they went small with five struggling to get on the floor. He's coming off the bench now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's an interesting matchup. We know about high C. He's played pretty well, so um, he's a glue guy they talked about. So another tough matchup. Um, you got to see what we can take away, AJ Green. Um, like to see what we do defensively on Noah Carter. Yeah, we talked earlier that Lance will be on AJ. We, we would like to think because like, if you get AJ shooting bad, it just depends how you do on everybody else. Because yeah, just like the last game, they could all be prepared to play. Heisey leads them in rebounds with five a game, right in front of Burhow. I think you know Noah Carter's been. We've said it multiple times. He was transferring and he's not, and he has arguably an All Valley second team season at least. Uh, it's just crazy, yeah, because he killed us in the paint in the first game, yes, and I think we've talked about our ability to go small, hopefully, uh, can definitely be the difference, or just play it at times, whether we start it, but hopefully we can end it that way, because we did have a great second half, even Jacobson said we had a great second half against them last game, uh, yeah, and even you mentioned five, he has had a tough year, uh, but he, he played, he's played well here and there lately, Um uh, the game against us, he missed a lot of easy buckets. I could have made the game a lot uh, later. But, yeah, third, probably coming off the bench for Carter because Cole Henry's not playing a whole lot. Uh, but he did say Antoine Kimmins has been dealing with COVID. He's now back. 
You know, we know six foot sophomore. He he'll play a difference tomorrow. We mentioned Pickford, his great game recently. He's a guy to keep an eye out for. And then Bowen Bourne, he leads them in assists, but he definitely or steals. He's definitely scrappy, takes care of the ball well, and can shoot. You just got to be strong against him. I like Dalton on him at times in this game. So they're, they're an interesting team. And yeah, we got to check Burhau 100%. And we mentioned the 24 free throws they shot is an unreal amount. And they shot 90-some percent, only missed two or three of them. So keep them off the free throw line. That's a big thing with A.J. Green. Um, but yeah, preventing them from going on these runs of scoring is the biggest thing. And making it hard on Noah Carter in the paint and you can win. That's a lot of ass because they are just one of the most interesting teams in the Valley with that ability to go small. Quickly, Noah, they, they uh, score 75 a game to our 64. They allow 70. Like a lot of teams we've played so far this year, we only allow 61. Uh, so hopefully we can keep them well below their average. It'll be tough on the road. We both shoot about the same field goal percentage, about 45. Uh, rebounds, they barely out-rebound us. Uh, assists are dead even at 12. Blocks, about even at 2. And steals are about even as well, around 6. So it's a evenly matched teams. They're on a four-game winning streak. Uh, there's no spread on mine at all. I don't know if it has it for yours. Um, let me check real quick. ESPN never has this. I think I do. I use CBS, and I think I had one. We are six-point dogs, and the over-under is 130 and a half. I was literally thinking earlier what it could be. Six seems about perfect. So the matchup predictor has him winning <clears throat> about 77%. So it will be a da- uh, uphill battle against these guys. They are red hot at nine and three. No, what else you got? Yeah, just looking back to the last game real quick. Um, we did really well against them. They struggled from three, twenty-seven percent, six of twenty-two. We did knock down twelve of twenty-nine for forty-one percent. Um, lost by one, missed six free throws. They knocked down nineteen of twenty-three. So um, you hit two more free throws, you win that ball game. Um, this is a game we uh, they played really well in the first half. Down we were down ten and a half. Had a big second half. Played really well down the stretch. Scored forty two points in the second half. Um, got twenty from Lance, twenty three from Marcus, twelve from Cash. But um, nobody else besides the next highest is five from Dalton Banks. So um, if we can get a little bit more, uh, we know our three big or two bigs at least, and Kyler and JD are coming along nicely. If we can get maybe something from them. Um, and knock down a couple more free throws, we're right there. Exactly, and we're one of the best teams against the three-point line this year still. But overall, in the 61 we allow is 19th nationally, still leaves the Missouri Valley. And yeah, 31% three-point field goal percentage defense. Hopefully that can reign supreme in this game. Now with something crazy, it says since 2000, we are 4-17 and at Northern Iowa with wins <clears throat> 2001, <clears throat> 2003, 2017, and 2019, uh, which I'm pretty sure what year was it that we should have beat them. They got to the Valley Championship. It was Barry's last year, I guess. We should have beat them, didn't. That was kind of a downer-ish year for them, um, I think. And we know the season a couple of years ago where they were the team to beat, and they lost in the first round. But it's crazy to know we remember they didn't even get to play in the Valley last year because of, what, false COVID tests or something. I just remember that. Uh, yep. So they got screwed, and they've had. A, I'm sure they would have had a revenge thing before the year, but just a quality, quality team. It's an, an enormously tough place to win, as we know. Uh, so it will be an uphill battle, like I said. Uh, here's Brian Mullen said, quote, UNI is playing as well as anyone in the league right now. They just had a huge win at Drake. 
They played well all conference season. All three of their losses have been close. They're an experienced team that knows how to win and have won a conference championship before. And AJ, Noah, and Burhow, they have three guys that can get over 20 points easily. Bourne and Tice are very talented offensive players as well, so it's going to be a great challenge for us. We have to play with poise on the, on the road and execute and take care of the ball and try to go in there and get a win. You mentioned the need wins, not the want wins. This is a huge one. This could swing a lot of stuff. It could propel us higher. No one Bradley gets Loyola just closer to them, and it could, you know, just in terms of get us, obviously, the confidence moving forward because we're getting into that February stretch of getting some reasonable wins, especially if we get Bradley at home. That would have been, been the kicker, but knowing they might not have uh, uh, Terry definitely make, changes things. This has changed the course of a lot of stuff, Noah. Uh, like you said, uphill battle for sure. I think it's just our defense has to be great in this one. And mark those shooters that Brian said, A.J. Carter and Burnhouse from scoring these both of them. What yeah. Are, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, it's uh, we know Carter killed us last time, so uh, we got to like, uh, even though you're able to, able to sneak away with the win against Drake, if you can keep um, A.J. Green in check like we did Antonio Reeves, I think um, you got a pretty good shot. I know the pack line defense affected us a little last time, but um, whatever we did in the second half, maybe we can take more of that and find a get, find a way to get going. Because um, if you're one, if you're eyeing that five seed at all, if you can steal this one and knowing, um, just looking ahead. I know you don't like to look ahead, but getting Evansville and Bradley back to back at home, um, that's a big time. If you can steal this one, um, I'd like to. I, I I'd like to say I said it after Valpo. I'd like to say we can build off some confidence. Um, and play this one close and maybe steal a win here on the road. Um, I think it was Harry Schroeder that asked Brian. He's talked to some players, and besides home games, this is a, this is a place guys like to go play at. And Brian said, I never won there, I don't think. So um, I don't know whether they're getting that. He said he'd rather play all his games in Carbondale. But, um, yeah, this is a big-time um, opportunity to start separating, your, separating ourselves from those bottom four, especially Valpo and Illinois State. We know they play each other, so – we can still win here and get some separation from Illinois State and Valpo and be closer because we know Bradley's got a couple tough games this week. Um, the, the sneak closer to that five seed would be a lot easier for us. Totally. And thinking of, you know, if we get killed in this game, that'll just be exactly where it was with Missouri State. It's hard against a team who does score 70 points, but it's not a Missouri State. And granted, you're on the road. Anything can get out of hand. And obviously the two totally different teams winning in Illinois State's tough. McLeod Center is obviously tough. That record with for us there is not good. Uh, quickly, Marcus, we know he had a streak of minutes played without a turnover. That's 133 consecutive minutes from the 25th of January to the 5th the other night. Uh, he scored 20-plus points in four straight games um, and has an active streak of 13 straight free throws made. We know that was the case at the start of the year. Around that, he's he enters with 948 career points. Lance enters after that big game with 957. We mentioned how they're kind of close with each other on 1,000 points. Hopefully they can reach that with big performances that we need for tomorrow. So, no, on those picks, we could definitely, because we want it to happen, obviously, and it's you know six of the big margin. Uh, we play close games all conference season outside of a couple. We could you know confidently say hopefully plus six on both our ends on that. Um, I've been wrong a lot this season, so I'm going to take the minus six so I can be wrong again, and I'll take the over. Yeah, uh, you're right, and I hope I hope you jinx them. I'll, I'll, I'll just stick with the six just because, yeah, I hope it's whatever. 
just we know the multiple ways you got to beat at you and I. Like we said, this is a team, we're talking about all the ways to beat them and what you got to do right. This is a team we'd rather play over the top four. That just shows you how deep it is, and it's crazy. So we'll see how it pays off tomorrow <clears throat> with an enormous win. Get back to six and seven. Ride this momentum with those two games you just said coming up. Those two home games that we're excited to attend. So it's, it's all just a, a game-by-game thing as, always, as usual and as always. And the fact that you know these are these need wins. So we're hoping we can bounce back off a big win and get another one against a really good team and get the, out of that funk of that 0 for 7. So for I me, did know before we jump off here real quick, I did want to um, – I know we don't – they need a little spotlight here, so I'm going to give it to them. Shout out to our our women's basketball team, Cindy Steins, last year. Um, Abby Brockmeyer was a part of the the lineup of the week for the National Players of the Year uh, Players of the Week. They got a big win last week. I know they lost Sunday in the split against Missouri State. So a little shout out to them. Then I want to say um, we forgot to mention earlier about the uh, Monday press conference about Arch Madness. Mike did say during one a little period of break. Um, they were talking to the media about their uh, their uh, their guys and stuff, but he did say um, it's right as of right now with this the guidelines of the Enterprise Center in the city of St. Louis um, to get in. It is a negative test within what probably 48 hours and or a vaccination um, proof of vaccination. So I just wanted to mention that for uh, Salukis fans right now. I'm glad you did because they talk about it on there. Not everybody watches those or knows. Maybe if they buy their tickets, they would get let know. We know that's been the case for Blues games all year. Uh, so, yeah, negative test. Or if you if you have been vaccinated, use your card and you should you know be good on that. Like I said, you buy tickets and it should tell you, hopefully, as we get closer to time. Yeah, less than a month. We're really excited for it and we're ready for this one tomorrow. So, for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next time. Go dogs.